It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we have a very special episode for you today. As we've been praying about how to continue our family series, we thought it would be beneficial for all of us to hear from some godly men Men who are leading their families well, who love the Lord, and take the responsibility of the spiritual leader in the home very seriously. But we couldn't find any, so (laughs) we invited our husbands to come along. Yeah. (laughs) So let's introduce you to our husbands. I have my husband, Aaron, with us today. Well, Derek, it looks like we were the last resort, so (laughs) anyways, good to be on. And I have my husband, Derek. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So over the past few weeks, we've looked at the roles of women as wives and mothers, but the husband and father role is just as important. And while we know that most of our listeners are women, we want you to hear from the perspective of men. And this would be a great episode for you to listen with your husbands if you can get them to tune in as well. So before we dig into our topic this week, we want our listeners to get to know our husbands. So... Have y'all been listening to our podcast? Uh, I will say that I do. Um, and I will say, honestly, that uh, it has been a blessing to me. The way I look at it is God's word is God's word, no matter who's reading it, teaching it. And um, I encourage everybody to continue to, to listen to the podcast, whether you're male or female. It's, it's an all-inclusive word. It applies to all. So, yes, I have been listening. Amen. That's awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Derek, you listening? Of course I do. (laughs) My wife has to sit there and listen to all my sermons every week, so I feel like I should. This is just a drop in a bucket. Yes. (laughs) Well, I know Derek was probably skeptical at first because I am notorious for having grand ideas and then realizing all the work that has to be put into it, so I always give up. But this time has been a lot different because Ashley and I have had each other to push us along. So I think I've kind of surprised you a little bit in this that we've continued and done the work. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I have been very impressed with y'all's content. Uh, I think y'all are doing a really good job. I really do. Thank you. And and there's some, you know, theology things that we run by our husbands and stuff before we put it out there just to make sure we've got it all right. Every night before we record, as we're sitting in bed, I'm like, Derek, listen to everything that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to read through it. And I'll make it through most episodes. And most of the time he falls asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I check out. If you come to me with anything after 9 p.m., like, I... You're done. I'm done. (laughs) If there's one thing that I've learned from Derek Howard over the years is... Do not grip it and rip it. So, <laughs> yeah, we try not to I'm do that. I'm glad you both come prepared. <laughs> yes, yes. We do. We want. We don't want to sound too scripted, but uh, we got to prepare a little bit. That's right. So. Um, so when we had our episode talking to the wives, we talked about some challenges that we have had in our own marriages. 
So, Derek, from your perspective, what has been the most challenging season in your 16-plus years of marriage? The most challenging season? Or challenging thing, what has been, comes to mind? Well, for every husband, it's the kids. When the kids (laughs) come, you know? Yeah. When kids come, mama's heart shifts. We are no longer number one, Aaron, are we? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Amen to that. No, and and again, in all seriousness, I would say the most challenging for us, and and let me explain after I say this because it's going to sound bad coming out, uh, when we adopted the twins. When we adopted the twins, that became one of the most challenging times for us. And here's why. Because, you know, our two biological children, uh, Maddie and Landon, we had already gotten them out of, diaper phase and bottle phase and toddler phase and and not that they were independent by any stretch but we were through all the hard stuff you know and uh and then came the twins and we had to start all over again oh, and yeah. we were like oh my with goodness. two with two with yeah. two yeah two bottles basically two di- <laughs> overnight with no preparation yeah so when it came to feeding time it was two bottles two diapers two baths two everything <laughs> And uh, although it was, you know, you look back and you, you wonder how you got through it, but it, it was so fun, but it was a very, very challenging time. I don't think that I had prepared my heart enough to start over like that again with babies. Yeah. So. I, I'll say this. I've told you both this before, um, and I won't go into details, but I'm amazed every time I see those two boys, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Mm. Um, obviously, with not going into super details, right, like – uh, those both Charlie and Justin had challenges yeah. mm-hmm. when they were born and you know if you want to see God's faithfulness just look at those two little boys oh, and yeah. I know yes. without a shadow of a doubt that they wouldn't be where they're at today and able to do the things that they do without a praying mom and daddy and mm-hmm. I, I mean that wholeheartedly I just I remember looking at Ashley mm-hmm. after I think Charlie and Justin were two or three months old, and I was I was nervous for the both of you. Yeah. And I, I remember saying something to the effect, "Do they realize what they have gotten themselves into?" And I, I didn't mean that in a in a disrespect. Well, I was well, we concerned. just didn't know the health challenges right. that they were going to be facing as well. But what an amazing right! You know, as, as hard as it may have been, you know, what a testimony uh, about God's faithfulness and His love and His power. So. And I, I do hope someday to go into your testimony yeah. with Justin and Charlie I and that whole so. process yeah, on that here. Yeah, that would be great. Um, but it wasn't just us. We had a whole village of people. We had people like you guys in our family that were praying too and were just a big support during that time. So, um, But Aaron, we've heard from Derek kind of what uh, his most challenging time in marriage has been. How about you what has been your most challenging time for your marriage you for me like? and this is something that i'm still actively working on and if there are any men out there that have some advice i would be willing to accept it but it's getting my wife to submit oh my um, gosh <laughs> no my god i thought you were about to say something actually serious like real seriously you know <laughs> anyways we're still working really hard on that i I'm not, I, I've, I've pulled out all the bag of tricks, you know, all the special prayers. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we need to try some anointing with some oil. I, I don't know what we got to do here. But, uh, no, but uh, Pharrell, what has been the most challenging? So, well, He's like, that that that's got to be at the top of the list. But, um, no, so kids, obviously, right? Like, And I say kids, when, when Pace was born, I wish there was a lot of things that I could go back and change. But I, I can't. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't really put that at the top of the list because I was naive. I was I was saved. I was a child of God, but I was out of the Lord's will. So um, probably the most challenging season for me with understanding what it means to to be a husband and be the spiritual leader of the household and kind of what's expected of you and being in the Lord's will was when my father-in-law, Rusty, got very sick. Yeah. Um, and you say, well, why was that challenging to you? Well, number one, uh, I, when, when you say I do, you, you not only marry your wife, but you marry your family too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I call Rusty Sprinkles. Um, I don't generally call him Rusty. We have a special relationship. He's my father-in-law, and I love him, and he loves me. But not only did I have to be a support um, spiritually, um, and I also had to be strong for my wife through that time because it was a very dark time. We honestly, for you know, full transparency, we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. You know, I took him to the hospital one day, and you know, on the way, I'm joking with him like sprinkles, "You're going to be all right." You know, we good. They're going to give you some IVs, and I, I'm going to wait outside, and and I'm going to pick you up. Next thing I know, they're keeping him, and then. We get a phone call the next day. He says he's the sickest, sickest patient that they have in yeah. the hospital with COVID and talking about ventilators. And it was just very grim there for several days. But that was the toughest time for me because, again, I had to be there for my wife. I had to be there for my children. Pace loves his granddaddy. Reese, at the time, mm-hmm. he was a baby. He didn't understand what was going on, but Pace didn't understand. And I had to be there for my mother-in-law, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can remember every day. Um, I may have missed one day if that, but every day I didn't need to hear what the doctor had to say. I already knew what it was going to be and it wasn't going to be good. But I remember making myself available every day for when the doctors called because back then you couldn't go to the hospital. (laughs) And no matter what the doctor said, I said, hey, doctor, you know, let me pray for you. Let me pray for your staff. And, And we would pray on the phone. But that was tough for me because I was I was playing a uh the spiritual leader of the household for not only my wife, my mother-in-law too, um, and trying to be strong on the outside, yeah. but on the inside, I was broken. You were scared too. Yeah. I was broken. So, uh, but God was faithful through that. I, I can tell that testimony another day about what God revealed uh, to me through that. But uh, that yeah. had to be just because I knew, I knew what God expected of me in that moment, and kind of when you know the expectations, there's a little bit more pressure. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and hopefully we can share. That's another, that's another good testimony. testimony to yeah. share. So in contrast to that, Derek, what has been the most joyful or rewarding time in your marriage? The most joyful and rewarding time is, you know, for me, it's when me and my family get to do ministry together, and God has, has opened that door of opportunity on multiple occasions. Uh, you know, my joy, and the reason why I love ministry so much is to see the life transformation of people and whether those people be you know people I'm ministering to that I I barely know or my own family I just love watching people grow in their faith and that's my fuel that's what fuels my fire Aaron and um, so when I get to do when I get to do ministry with my family that is the most rewarding thing for me and God has let us take our kids on mission trips Tabitha and I get to do ministry together on on in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. At church that we yeah. that I pastor the nursing home ministry and, and counseling things mm-hmm. like that so for me my reward comes from doing ministry with family yeah how about you Aaron most joyful time most rewarding time in your marriage 
You know, I think every day is rewarding, obviously. Because um, you have Ashley. Aww. <laughs> right? No, no, don't laugh at that. Don't say anything. No comment. No, I, I, I you know, the old saying goes, you outkicked your coverage. Uh, this old country boy definitely outkicked his coverage. <laughs> um, so, thankful for my wife. Love my wife. I, honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for God putting Ashley in my life. I'd probably be in cell block C somewhere or, you know, on a milk cart or something like that. I'm just kidding. But honestly, Ashley, that. yeah, Ashley is, 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 uh, been a great influence on me and, and I thank God for her every day. But, you know, just seeing God work in our family in a special way, if you would have told me, you know, when Ashley and I married or, or even as, as soon as five years ago that she would be able to quit work and, and stay at home with our family or that, the Lord would call me out of all people to, to preach his word. I would yeah. have told you you were crazy. Um, and through that, you know, Pace, my oldest boy, if, if you know Pace, you know, I can't hardly get him to talk to me at times, mm -hmm. much less anybody else. And, you know, through us serving the Lord and, and being a part of the church, I've seen Pace stand up and, and sing in front of the church. And um, every time we, we go to church, Reese has to have his Bible. You know, he'll mm -hmm. be three and in July, uh, but even at, at one and a half, two years old, he was looking for his Bible. And always wanted to wear his church clothes. <laughs> so that's he been does. The, that, you know, again, like we wake up on Sunday mornings. We don't tell him it's Sunday. We don't tell him it's going to church. He's already asking, you know, where's my church He's clothes? He's ready, yeah. Um, now he will have on his boots, no matter what <laughs> he's Cowboy wearing. boots, that's don't right. matter what he's wearing. Uh, but God has just been faithful to us and just, the way he's worked in our family has just truly been a blessing. Amen. That's good. Well, a couple of weeks back in our episode, we looked at the role and responsibility of the wives in the home, and we studied Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. We addressed the ever-so-controversial topic of wives submitting to their husbands, as Aaron has That's already right. mentioned. Submit. <laughs> yeah, but let's look back at that verse again. In verse, uh, the first verse, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Read that again. <laughs> no. We're going to keep going in just a minute, Erin. Um, but Ashley and I, we did acknowledge that the idea of submitting to our husbands is hard at times. We will admit that. Um, I guess we confessed that we consider ourselves strong, independent women. So, Aaron, from your perspective as the husband, truthfully, <laughs> what does it mean to you as a husband, but also as the leader of the home, when your wife submits, or what does that look like in your own home? Oh, God. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I actually preached a message on this just a few weeks ago. Um, I tried to do it at a, uh, let me say this because it's pretty funny. So I tried to do this. Uh, I, I was covering for a good friend of mine, brother um, William. And um, <laughs> I had preached a message that Sunday morning and I said, all right, everybody come back tonight. I'm going to do something on marriage. I didn't say what I was going to do. I just said, come back tonight. Um, I was doing the morning and evening service. So I said, come back and... Uh, I'm going to do something on marriage. Well, we showed up, and there were the only men that were there were me and my two boys. Oh, no. 
it was all women. So um, I, I'm not stupid, right? I may be foolish, but I'm not <laughs> stupid. So uh, I didn't preach it. I taught it. So yeah. it was a different context. But, um, you know, when you look at this scripture, I know I actually covered this before, but this was something that God revealed to me just through study. It, it, it shows or it tells the husband to love their wives four times to the the yeah. the wife's submission and i would just challenge whoever's listening to this podcast that if you're having a hard time with submission what does the love really look like in your That's house good, yeah. um you know I, I i think back at a time you know where you know I, to my knowledge my wife is uh uh We've never been in danger of, of leaving each other or splitting up, as far as I know, anyways. I know, <laughs> From I your know perspective. She, she can't, <laughs> the only way she's getting rid of me is if, uh, is, is if for some reason I'm in jail or dead. So um, I'm kidding, but uh, I really am not going anywhere. But uh, with that being said, um, what does the love look like in your home? I, I can remember when Ashley and I first married, um, that we used to have a lot of bickering over nonsense, yeah. right? And, you know, I didn't really understand how to love like a husband biblically. I didn't really understand what uh, God expects out of the husband. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, other than Ephesians 5.22, right? I didn't yeah. keep reading. I didn't keep studying. So I would challenge you to really ask yourself, what does love look like in the home? And I, I will just give you a few points from my sermon that I preached the first point, um, and you can go back and read this yourself, but the first point was foolish talk has no place in the Christian marriage. You can see that in Ephesians uh, 5, verses 3 through 6. And um, when you really think about that, like locker room talk, as we all know it, is detrimental to a marriage. Yeah. It, it will destroy a marriage. You, if you uh, remind your your wife of how mean she is daily guess what she's going to ride that broomstick like you've never seen before <laughs> right if you consistently remind your husband of how lazy he is he's just going to get content with that and he's yeah. never going to get out of the recliner so um, the next one was your fruit reflects the strength of your marriage what is your marriage producing is it producing great testimonies in your kids or are people you've ministered to or have you been able to help other couples that are struggling uh, the Third one was, um, you must love without boundaries. And um, there was more, but I, I'll stop there. But um, yeah, I mean, this Ephesians 5, if you really read this and study it, it not only applies to to Christian marriages, but it applies to all relationships, yeah. whether it be a friendship, whether it be uh, somebody you interact with at work or, or wherever, or even church members, right? Like churches are destroyed daily by foolish talk within yeah. the congregation. That's good. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing that. Derek, do you have anything as he was talking that you'd like to add in regards, especially to the wife's role and her instruction to submit? Well, first of all, I just wish that I could have been in the room when he was teaching this subject <laughs> to all those women. That and I just have to say the majority of them were widows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like only one had a husband you know, in general. Well, obviously, when, whenever we do preach or teach this scripture, it, it's meant to be preached um, as a whole passage, right? You can't just pick out verse number 22 and leave out the rest, right? So right. Uh, we got to be mindful of that when we're preaching and teaching this because as with 
many things in God's word, there's a balance to this. There's a balance to this subject. You know, wives, yes, are called to submit to their husbands as the spiritual leaders of the home, but then balanced out by husbands, you are to love your wives in reciprocation uh, as Christ loved the church. And so I think of that word balance when I think of this passage of scripture, and I think of words like love, respect, kindness, uh, all the things that are incorporated into both submission uh, from the wife and love from the husband. So just keeping all that in mind when you when you look at passages like this. It's just like, you know, you were saying, you have to keep reading. And Aaron throws up, let me go to Ephesians 5, <laughs> 22. And I said, well, let's keep on reading there, yeah. right? Yeah. So as we continue reading in that scripture where Paul addresses the husbands, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. Even as the Lord, the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So Derek, will you talk for a minute about the relationship and comparison of this scripture husbands in Christ with the wife in the church. Yeah. So obviously what Paul is doing here is he's he's creating this comparison, right? He's he's showing this parallel between the way that Christ relates to the church and the way a husband is supposed to relate to his wife. Uh, obviously Christ and the husband are on the same plane, the church and the wife are on the same plane. And and in that comparison I think what we we ought to do is we ought to think in terms of okay well let's let's think about how does Christ lead the church all right so if husbands are supposed to be like Christ in that respect then we'll, we've got to start with what Christ does for the church so let me just pitch this to the table and let's all have a conversation about it real quick tell me what's the first thing that comes to your mind when in Christ's relationship with the church what is he Savior. Savior. He's a Savior. He's our Redeemer. Right. And so even Paul says that, he, you know, the Savior, the husband is the Savior of the body here. So how does it look from a husband's perspective to be the Savior of his wife? So what does a Savior? What does a Savior do? He saves. Okay. He protects. He provides. He, he's, the, he, he's that guy. And so when we think of Christ as Savior... We think of husband being the savior of the wife, the protector, the provider, right? All right, so what else is Jesus to the church? Lord. He's Lord. Ooh, I like that one, Aaron, don't you? <laughs> He's Lord. I am not calling you Lord. <laughs> but, yeah, so we joke Lord about that. Lord Derek. <laughs> hey, Sarah called Abraham Lord. I know Lord. she Let did, me just I know. <laughs> but, but that was a, when Sarah did call Abraham Lord, it was, a, it was an acknowledgement of his authority in the home. The acknowledgement of his authority. The Lord has authority over the church. Well, the husband is supposed to have spiritual authority over the home, right? So there again, husband being like Christ, he's the authority. He's called. And that's a that's men love to hear that, 
but that is a huge responsibility. Yeah, I don't want yeah. that responsibility, honestly. You know, and, I think and women... it should be sobering to men when to yeah. think that you are given that type of authority over your home. That's right. So we have Savior, we have Lord, we have things like Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, men are called to shepherd their family. So, again, we're just looking at this comparison, this parallel, and we're saying, okay, if we are to be like Christ in the way that we, we lead our homes and our wives, then what did Christ do? And that's, that's I think, what Paul is trying to pull out of here. That's good. Aaron, so do you have anything else that you want to add as Derek was talking that maybe stuck out to you? You know, something that stood out for me when I was preaching this is, uh, it says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And if you're honest with yourself, and I'm honest with myself, I love some me. Yeah. Right? Oh, I love yeah. some Aaron Calvert. I love me, right? And I'm going to take care of me yeah. at all costs, right? I'm going to look out for my own personal protection and safety. You know, when times are bad or, or you know, things are on the horizon, I'm praying for things in my life. I'm praying for direction. Um, I'm praying for myself, which newsflash you ought to be doing the same for your wives. Yeah. Um, you, you ought to be praying for your wives. You ought to be looking out for their own personal protection and safety. You ought to be out there, you know, making sure the, the battery's charged in the car, Ashley, you know, when they leave <laughs> the TVs on in the back so the car cranks up in the morning, right? <laughs> That's like, a GMC issue. So they can get the kids to school on time. And I'm just kidding, right? But what's as equally as important to the husband, right, it should be as equally important to them for their wives, if that makes sense. That's good. So talking to each of you, and y'all can go at different times however you want to do that, but if each of you could, what is one piece of advice that you would offer to husbands to properly or adequately live out their role as husband according to God's design? So I'll go first, Aaron. Um, I would say study the life of Jesus. Go through the, the Gospels, present the life and earthly ministry of Jesus. If, if we are called to be to our wives like Christ is to the church, then you need to know how Christ lived. You need to know how Christ cared for the church, how he led the church and the people of the church, how he preached to them and taught them, how he ministered to them. Study the life of Jesus. Now, there's also tons of other books. I would even recommend a book uh, that... I picked up in the airport one day when I was traveling. I think it's called uh, The Leadership Style of Jesus by Michael Yusuf. Um, read that on the plane, and it was uh, it was very impactful. So find books like that, but more than anything, search him out in the Gospels and find out how he ministered and do that to your wives. Aaron, how about you? So I'm kind of on the same lines. I'm going to say this differently because um, I think as Christians um, that we – a lot of times, and I've been guilty of this too, where God will lay something on my heart, and I'm like, Lord, I don't need to preach a salvation message. Everybody there is saved, right? Well, mm-hmm. we don't know that everybody listening today is saved. So, number one, first and foremost, you will never be able to love like Christ until you've accepted him Amen. in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Yeah, I don't care how much of the word you know. How many of the, the stories through the gospel that you have read, I don't care if you read from Genesis to Revelation, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, there's no way. There's just yeah. no way that you could ever love right. like Christ. So that's first and foremost. And, and secondly, as Derek said, like 
again, I can relate. Uh, early in Ashley and I's marriage, I couldn't love like Christ. I, I couldn't even begin to love like Christ because I wasn't following the Lord. Although that I was, you say I'm saved, I'm a Christian, but if you're not following the Lord, if you're not in the Word, if you're not studying the Word, and if you're not getting to know Him on a personal level and, and have that relationship with Him through reading the Word and through prayer, there's just no way. There's just no way that you can really love like Christ without having a relationship with Him. And it's, it's more than just, you know, waking up and saying, thank you, Lord, for another day. It is a, it is a personal relationship through, through Word, uh, through reading His Word, through studying His Word, and through prayer. Amen. That's good. So I know we don't really have this in here to talk about, but we talked about marriages the other week. And so just since we're kind of on the topic of husbands, we've done, you know, a wife. We've talked about being a wife. Mm -hmm. We've talked about being a wife in marriage and just marriage in general. So Aaron and I know several couples that are struggling right now in their marriages. So what advice would y'all have for couples that are struggling right now in their marriages that maybe you know ephesians this all the scripture that we talked about in ephesians 5 you know you don't have the submission part you don't have the love part what are some you know some things some advice that y'all could give our listeners now Derek, we'll start with you um i would highly suggest that you find community and counseling uh, if you're struggling in your marriage right now you need to find community and counseling you need to surround yourself with people who um, are of strong faith. Don't, don't surround yourself with people who have struggling marriages themselves. That's right. Because you're probably not gonna get a good advice. Find yourself surrounded by people who have strong marriages and people who will be real with you and let them speak into your situation. But then seek Christian counseling. Um, get with your pastor or find a Christian counselor that's gonna approach your situation from a biblical perspective and help them, let them help you walk through the scriptures and how it applies into your marriage and, and give you some practical tips. I like that. Aaron, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so certainly did some study on this when I preached this message. And I don't know if, I know Ashley's shared some um, statistics on the last episode, but 40 to 50% of all first marriages end up in divorce. Right which is staggering. That's in the United yeah. States of America. That's not worldwide. That's just United States of America. I think it jumps up to anywhere from 63 to 67% of second marriages um, end up in divorce. Um, and it just, the more you kind of get married, um, the higher the statistics the higher, go. The higher it goes. And I know this is kind of going to, you know, come off kind of strong, but generally the the root cause of your situation is the person you look at in the mirror every day That's true. and um i say that to say this ashley mentioned and i would never mention names or situations but uh the, i've been contacted a lot recently about you know marriages that you know people are looking for advice or you know just some support and i will tell you that in most of those cases, not all of, but most of those cases, uh, these families are are not actively in church. Mm -hmm. They may or may not know the Lord in these instances, um, and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I know one that can, right? And right. that's what I always tell them: like, 
I, I'm not, I'm not Mister Fix It, but I know who can fix it. Amen. Um, so my advice is, is you have to put the Lord first in your marriage. When, when I again, I, I go back to mine and Ashley's marriage. You know, Ashley and I, you know, always had a good marriage. Honestly, I know I was joking and kidding around earlier, but we've always had a good marriage. But our marriage has been so much sweeter since we put the Lord first in our mm-hmm. marriage. And I just think about where our marriage was at five or six or seven or eight. You can go on back as far as you want years ago. How long have we been married? Almost 12 years now? I don't even know if that's bad. <laughs> Close uh, to that. 12 yeah. years, so. But it's been sweet, though. It's been <laughs> sweet. Um, and I think about where our marriage is today, and the difference is, is the Lord is first in our marriage. Yeah. Uh, the Lord is first in our home and our marriage is so much more better today, and our love for each other is just so much more better today because the Lord is first. And I'll end it with this. I, through that study, and you can go to Google, you can just type in top reasons why couples get divorced in the United States of America today. And one of the top five reasons that you'll find is religious beliefs. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. You can... You kind of read between the lines yourself. But if you don't know the Lord, like I said before, you cannot love like Christ. Amen. Well, and I would add, and I know last week we talked about how Derek and I kind of handle some of our uh, counseling sessions and things like that. But we have walked through with couples that their marriages were broken and almost unsalvageable. But when they both started seeking the Lord's will in their life and, like you said, looking at themselves in the mirror, what am I doing to contribute to the demise of my marriage, that God did some miraculous things and put what was broken back Back together. together. And I know we know, you know, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So what about the ones who they are unequally yoked? They married someone that maybe is not a believer, someone that doesn't go to church. Or maybe they one of them got saved after, after yeah, marriage. What about them? Because how, how should they handle that in their marriage? I would say keep on keeping on, yeah. right? Um, just, it takes one, right, Yeah. to kind of be the one The one for me leader. was, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say this, was my wife. I was out of church. I was out of the Lord's will. Uh, my wife was was in church and encouraging me to go to church. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually she got me back in church. Um, and although I was a believer, again, I was a child of God. I was out of church and I was out of the Lord's will. But if Ashley would have given up, uh, I wouldn't be able to sit here today and share the testimonies that I can. Um, she got me back in church, and, and it has, you know, done wonders for our family. So That's my good. advice would be just simply keep on keeping on. Yeah. What about you, Derek? Well, I agree, and I, my translation of what you just said is keep the faith. Keep the faith. You know, I can't imagine. I've never been in this situation, but I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, one spouse to have strong faith and, a, and be married to somebody that doesn't have strong faith or faith at all. And how hard it is for them to keep going to church, keep attending Bible study, keep their personal devotions up and prayer time, keep their kids in church. Yeah, because when they have kids, most of them yeah. have kids, and it's yeah. one one particular party taking the kids to church and carrying that burden. 
and I don't exclude men from that, but usually, from my observation, it's usually the the, the wife that's you know playing that role. They mm-hmm. uh, husband won't come to church, daddy won't come to church, yes. but the wife will. And, yes. and then and then unfortunately, which is out of what God's design is for the home, the the mom, the wife becomes ultimately the spiritual leader yeah, of the family. She does. Yeah. And even though that's not God's desire, I would still agree with you, Aaron, and say keep the faith because you never know how your faith and your devotion is going to impact your spouse and maybe eventually convert them. Yeah, that's exactly right. So as we close out, you know, on all of our podcasts, we always close out with what's the purpose in this. So, Aaron, we're going to let you do the, the what's the purpose in our episode for this week. You know, we've talked a lot about love um, and, and loving like Christ. Honestly, that, that is our purpose as husbands, right, um, and wives being able to submit. If, you, if you're not able to submit, I would, again, question what does the love look like in your home, yeah. right? When we think about love your wives as, as your own bodies, I mean, that's... That hits deep if, if you really think about that. And I, I've used this several times when I have preached. Um, and I, I try to use it almost every time because when you think about the love of Christ, it is an all-inclusive love. It is for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter where your current status is. I've talked to people that says, well, you don't know where I've been, what I've done. You're right, I don't. But he does. And it's all inclusive. He died for all. And, and I just have these things about love. And, and, I, and again, ask yourself, what does the love look like in your home or in your marriage? Here's some pointers for you. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not want for itself. Love does not behave wrongly. Love is not easily provoked. Love is not rude. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in wrong, but dwells in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, but most importantly, love conquers all. Oh, that's good. good. I wow. like that. <laughs> that was touching. I like that. Yeah. So, Derek, what is a challenge that you can give our listeners to take into this week? I think the challenge is just to design your home according to God's word. That's a challenge. I mean, it's it's not easy to do that because it goes against every cultural grain that we experience every day. But God has a design for your home. Obviously, a design is laid out here perfectly in Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33. Take that, that blueprint and align your life in your home with God's Word and put God to the test. And I, I can go ahead and make a guarantee to you uh, on on God's behalf, if we when we align our lives, our homes, and every aspect of it uh, with the Word of God, uh, that is when we experience God's richest blessings. So that'd be my challenge. That's right. I like that. That's a good one. We can all take and apply to our all of our lives. But I think that is all we have for this week. We know that this episode is going to be releasing on Father's Day week, so we yeah. want to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. Tune in next week as we continue with our special guests and go into a father's role in the home. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.